I'm not the house of cards that falls down easily Ooh, I'm strong enough to handle what you throw at me Welcome to Mental Health News Radio. I'm your host, Kristen Sunanta-Walker. Just what are we going to discuss? The intimacy that is mental health. Let's continue to make it as comfortable as discussing brain health or heart health. This show has been on the air for several years and we have amazing co-hosts. And then we created a network of podcasters on mentalhealthnewsradionetwork.com, a place where every possible facet of mental well-being can be talked about openly. My show, after several hundred interviews, the format is this. Intimate, deep, funny, touching, sometimes uncomfortable, but always vulnerable conversations with interesting people. The goal is to have you, our listening family, many of you who have become my good friends, feel as though you are listening in on private conversations. Thank you for tuning in and becoming part of this amazing journey with me and now with our network of podcasters. Just knowing this podcast might be helping any of you realize you are not alone on this journey called being a human being makes doing this podcast worth every second. Hey everyone, Kristen Sinatra-Walker here, and we are on again with Dr. Christina Hallett. Christina, thank you so much for coming on the show again. I am so delighted to talk to you. We had such a good time the last time. I can't wait to talk today. Yeah, we really did. And it's awesome when you have really great chemistry with someone who also likes to talk. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And we're going to do this as a series. Um, Listeners, you know that we do this a lot. We've got, you know, Roundtable with Dr. Paul Meyer. We've got the new series, Women Who Lead. Like, I like to do this. This is fun. And um, it gives you the option of, you know, some people want to just listen to those shows. You can just pick that one in iTunes. So this particular series that's with Christina Hallett is going to be called Be Awesome. And we'll, you know, we'll put a title after that to discuss, you know, who the guest is and, you know, what what we talk about in terms of awesomeness that particular time. But for all intents and purposes, this is the Be Awesome series on Mental Health News Radio. So, Christina, what does you wrote a book about this. So what does that mean? What what was the reasoning behind that and that word? Yeah. So I uh, wrote a book that. Uh, be awesome, banish burnout, create motivation from the inside out, because literally awesome is an acronym for me. And there's a number of different things. I'll just whip through it really quickly so you'll understand. Because when I think about being awesome, it's exciting, it's positive, it's moving forward, it's where we want to be. And as you know, I am all about positive growth and being our best selves and living our best lives recognizing that, hey, life has ups and downs, so it's not always a straight shot all the way up, right? That we've got to manage the ups and downs. So here are the elements that I think is part of that. A is awareness, authenticity, and accountability. W, worthiness, wholeheartedness, and willingness. E, engaging and connecting. S, spirituality and seeing. O, openness and forgiveness. M, mindfulness and motivation, and E, energy. So Mm -hmm. from my perspective, when you take all of those and put them together, that's how we can, from deep down in our core, all the way out to the, the outside of us and then into the world, we can truly be awesome. 
<laughs> and I love this word because I grew up in Southern California <laughs> on the beach surfing and boogie boarding and using baby oil as my sunscreen and lemon in my hair and all we said was awesome with our you know two fingers out uh, the thumb and the pinky <laughs> so I that's like when I because I've lived to so many different places and I always pick up the accent no matter where it is I pick it up uh, especially a southern one and I can dip into it really quick but if I've had a little too much wine I go right back to the that is so awesome oh my <laughs> So, <laughs> you know, I grew up as an East Coast girl, and we said awesome all the time. Like, wow, oh, oh, that's you? awesome. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, you know, one of the things, Kristen, is that I, when I wrote the book, and because I'd been thinking about awesome, like, that's what I want to do, right? I am a fan of fun, and I want to live an awesome life, and I want everyone else to do that, too. So I interviewed so many different people for this book and said to them, hey, what does being awesome mean to you? So that was one part. But the other parts that people may not know about are that I also asked each of the people that I interviewed, so on a totally random scale, but on a scale of zero to 100, how awesome do you think you are? They would give me a number. And then I would say, if we were to ask your close friends or someone who loved you, how awesome would they rate you? And almost across the board, people thought that other people would rate them as more awesome than they did themselves. There were only a few, sort of the, most of the people were fairly close, but still saw other people as rating them as more awesome than they saw themselves. Mm -hmm. There was a small group, it's sort of like the normal curve, right? So there was a small group of people who thought there was a huge discrepancy. They thought saw themselves as much lower and they'd hear other people say, oh, you're so awesome. And they would just dismiss it. And then there was a very small group on sort of the right-hand side of the normal curve who actually rated themselves pretty closely to what they thought other people would rate them. None of the people rated themselves higher than what they thought a friend or a loved one would rate them. Really? Isn't that interesting? Yeah. So you didn't have any narcissists take the test? Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I did not. You know, look, I got to pick who I was going to talk to about this. So, um, although I did put out some public calls for comment and I did connect with a, a number of people that I didn't know, but it, very interesting trend. So no narcissists, just sort of, you know, regular people. And if you think about it, so if you, you try right now, you know, zero to a hundred, how awesome are you? Oh my Lord. I just literally went to therapy today. <laughs> <laughs> this is the, and after, after not seeing her for two weeks, and this is the running theme in therapy. Kristen, mm. do you have the right to practice self-care? <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is after she said, do you put on pajamas before you go to bed? Like put yourself in And I'm like, no, I usually fall asleep in the same sweaty clothes I've been wearing earlier. Ugh. And she's like, Kristen, come Ugh. on. And I know this is a problem. Like, you know, I, I understand yeah. this, <laughs> this show, but, um, but <laughs> Kristen, what are you doing? I am seconding everything your therapist said. I have this great book you should read, Own Best Friend. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm working on it. It's so hard. It's, All right. it's so right much now, easier to give to other you, people. 
commit to your listeners that you are going to put pajamas on from now on. I want to hear that commitment. I will. I I commit to putting my pajamas on before bed from now on. And I will admit that I actually came home from therapy and put my pajamas bottoms on now. So there's a good chance that I will actually end up in bed with these pants on. Oh. oh boy, I know, but you know, you got it. You have to talk about the, you know, the realities of where people are at too. Cause sometimes you're like, you just don't, I don't think about self care. I didn't learn that. You know, I didn't have role models and a lot of people don't, or they had bad role models or whatever. And so you have to learn like, what does be awesome mean for you? It's totally unique to you. It doesn't mean that you know, somebody else may be like, well, I don't need pajamas. I sleep naked and that's my be awesome. But you know, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. And well, and that's why I talk so much about radical self-care because mm. it's the things that go beyond the massage and the bubble bath right. and radical self-care is I own my strengths. I own that I not only have the right, but I need to set limits and boundaries and say no to things that I, yeah, right? See, we're just gonna keep going there. Um, I'm I'm gonna throw this, every show we do, I'm throwing that in somewhere for you and everyone will start (laughs) laughing. And then they'll start responding. Hey, look, she's giving Kristen a hard time again, right? (laughs) And I'll be like, good, that's what a mallet, not a tack hammer. Anyway, go ahead. So. It's, as I said, the setting boundaries, it's the saying no, it's saying I need to rest and rejuvenate, right? That's how I create more energy. And one of the big things I think is about having perspective, right? So that's a one of the chapters in Own Best Friend is P, practice perspective. And really what that means is that I'm responsible for my thoughts, feelings, and actions and I am not responsible, nor actually could I be responsible for anyone else's thoughts, feelings, and actions. And you're responsible for yours. And so <sighs> yeah. if I walk, right? If So think about it. If I walk into, let's say I walk into a department store and I go to the, I don't know, the perfume counter and the person greets me with a scowl. What we often do is take that personally. We think, oh, they think I don't belong here. There's something wrong with me. The reality is that's about them. You have no idea. Maybe someone just called and said, hey, soccer practice ended early and you need to pick your child up from soccer practice in 10 minutes, but she's still got 45 minutes of her shift, right? Or maybe she's just in a bad mood. That's about her. So instead of taking it personally, we need to practice perspective and say, my stuff is about me. Your stuff is about you. So if you're crabby, it's up to me whether I choose to be crabby, positive, or neutral, no matter what. Yes. How often, okay, you eat, breathe, and sleep this. So what do you do when you catch your own self not, you know, for whatever reason, not following your advice? Like, how do you rewind and go, okay, I need to like, you know, get back, get back in the game here. Yeah, I've got a couple different ways. Number one, I have a support system who will call me out. That, in fact, they love calling me out on it. <laughs> so if I start muttering, eh, I can't believe this, this will never work or, you know, something negative like that. One of the members of my Be Awesome team will say to me, anyone who hears that, that I've asked to do that. And that includes my husband and a couple really close friends. And they'll say, hey, Christina, hello. OBF for own best friend or hmm, 
uh, doesn't seem like you're walking your talk right now. And I'll scowl mm. at them and sort of roll my <laughs> eyes and say, you know, I get to be crabby too. So that's one way. Another way is if I, if I notice that I'm just not feeling the way that I want to feel, I'll take a couple of breaths and I'll say, well, what do I want right now? And what do I need? Because sometimes we just need time to be mm. cranky or tired or upset. And I, because absolutely, I want everyone to understand that feelings are fine. We can have whatever they are. We have the right to any feeling that there is. But we also have some choice about that. So if something's really bummed me out or I'm really frustrated, I can choose how long I want to do that. The truth of the matter is I can't really hold on to a bad mood for a super long time, like more than a day or so, because I, yeah, I just get bored. <laughs> like, you know, this isn't fun. I really right. don't like it. So then I say, well, what's my on my go-to list of things that I can do to shift this around? Sometimes I'll say, is this really such a big deal? Like, is this the thing, my line in the sand that I want to be upset about? Or... I'll go to, like, I love to sit outside and listen to the birds. So maybe it's just, you know, 10 quiet minutes listening to the birds and just trying to not think, you know, or watching the clouds, something like that. Other mm -hmm. times it's doing yoga or a really tough workout. So I sweat and then I think, oh, okay, good. I'm sort of sweating that crap out of me, <laughs> you know, whatever right. it is, because it's going to happen. There is no such thing as a stress-free life. Right. does not exist. So we know it's going to happen. We, I think, instead can be prepared to deal with it. Yeah, one of, one of we call ourselves the, the um, Red Cape Quattro, and there's four of us, uh, two therapists and two non-therapists, and we all email each other. And I've said this on shows, listeners, I'm sorry, that, you know, if anybody got a hold of those emails, we'd all be in trouble. <laughs> And they're really good about like one of them is Andrea Schneider and uh, she's a therapist and she's always she's such a cheerleader like oh Kristen you can do it you're Lagatha Viking handmaiden you got this da, da, da. and then another one Christine Louis de Cannonville well and she, she lives in Ireland she'll say something like um, I don't know she'll say something with an Irish lilt that makes me laugh oh, that's and awesome. you're you're right you know you you have to surround yourself with people that remind you who you are. Exactly. And you know, if you're in a place where you don't have someone yet, you're working on developing that, what we can also do is we can write little notes to ourselves. But here's the trick to doing that. And this is based on research by Krista Neff that comes from the self-compassion area. Oh, I love her. I interviewed what? her. She's so cool. Oh. She is amazing. She is fantastic. The other, actually, before I say that, have you interviewed Kelly McGonigal yet? No. Uh -oh. oh, you. Oh, she's Let's my interview favorite. together. Oh, yes. I love her. Love her. Love her. She is. I have read everything she's written. She has a TED Talk. She's amazing. She's a psychologist at Stanford. She is phenomenal. Oh, oh, absolutely. Cool. Wonderful. Anyway. Back to the exercise. So what you can do is you can write the notes to yourself, but write them using the word you instead of I. Mm -hmm. So instead of I need to take a walk when I feel crappy, right? It's you or I benefit from. Maybe you write instead you benefit from taking a walk when you feel crappy. This is the way that we can begin to interact with ourselves from a self-compassionate place as our own best friend. 
because in normally what we have going on is all of the thoughts about I, 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 and they're negative, right? I can't, I won't, I stink. So switching that <laughs> into, <sometimes>. right? <laughs> right? So you can, you will, mm -hmm. you're fabulous no matter what. Just that one little difference begins to engage our brains in a different way. And it's an immensely successful process that we can use. Mm. Yeah, that's so true. And it's hard. Okay, so what about people that are in a space where, and you know, many people have been there, we've been there, where you're just like, oh, I'm not going to say anything positive. I can't, you know, when you're just that in that kind of a place. What's it's, a, you know, a touchstone for like helping you at least get one inch out of that space. Yeah. I don't necessarily suggest that people go to positive because if that's too far away, it's not going to work. Okay. So the answer from my perspective is go to neutral. Whatever neutral is for you. Like it's tolerable rather than great. <laughs> Right. So something in the middle. And again, I, I tend to think in images. So in my mind, when we're talking about this, I sort of imagine a number line with the negatives, zero, and the positives. And so the goal is just to get to zero. That's all. Because a little time at zero enables us to then move towards going into the positive. Okay. It, it, not everything is sunshine and roses. No. Right. So. So if we're really further down that negative line, then one of our goals is how do we get to neutral? And any sensory component that you can use really makes a difference. Here's a couple examples. We can use essential oils and you can order them on Amazon. You can find them in a Whole Foods or a similar kind of store. And what I suggest to people is that they go and try to sample a couple different scents to see which one they associate with something that is uplifting. Now, in general, the citruses are uplifting, but I'll give you, I don't think, I, did I tell you the story about me selling, uh, sending some to my mom? No, 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 oh, no, tell, this tell us. Fabulous. Okay, <laughs> no, this, is, this is fabulous. Be and the reason that I tell this story Sorry, mom. But the reason that I tell this story is because, and she will listen, so she'll hear this. Oh, um, my whole family's like, oh, God, are we inviting her to another party? <laughs> exactly. Oh, Ever. who knows what she'll bring back. So, there are certain properties that are associated with essential oils in general, but that doesn't mean that's what they are for every single one of us, right? So our own memories actually matter more than the generic, this is what they are. Overall, lavender is associated with sleep for yeah, many yeah. people, right? That helps so you go far. right to sleep. Perfect. Yeah. So the citruses like lemon, sweet orange, grapefruit, those are enlivening and positive. And then we look at stress reduction ones such as eucalyptus or rosemary mint or peppermint, examples of that. So my mom was having some difficulty sleeping and I said, oh, well, how about I send you some told her what I just told you, send you some essential oils. She said, okay, you know, I'll try anything at this point. <laughs> so I sent her some lavender and then it was one of those buy one, get more free. So I also sent her the sweet orange and I sent her lemon because I know she likes lemon. 
So a couple of weeks later, I called her up and I said, hey, mom, how's it going with the essential oil? She said, oh, it's fantastic. I take a whiff of my essential oil before bed or sometimes I sprinkle it on my pillow and I fall right to sleep. It's so relaxing. That's fantastic. So I said, naturally, wow, fantastic. So the lavender is really working for you? She said, what? No, what are you talking about? It's not the lavender. I think she said that was sort of an old lady smell. I'm not sure. But what she said then was, no, it's the lemon. As soon as I smell the lemon, it relaxes me. And that's why I use this example. Because okay. my mom's association to lemon is so nurturing and positive that it helps her relax and go to sleep, even though technically we would classify it as an energizer or an uplifter. So that's why the the homework is go and smell a variety of different ones and see what does that for you. So that's something you can use anytime you're sort of down in the dumps. Yeah, I'll tell you, I use lavender and I jam it up into my nasal cavity before I go to, no, I'm kidding. I, that, I, I, <laughs> I do take a swipe of it. <laughs> Listeners, this will be the show where you hear a lot of laughter. <laughs> I know, I know, no one likes commercials, but seriously, folks, without the help from these organizations, we could not stay on the air. Please give a shout out to zencharts.com. If you're a mental health or addiction treatment center, you'll want to use their EHR. It's gorgeous. And they're just good people. And also mygenetics, M-Y-G-E-N-E-T-X.com, because knowing your genetic code empowers your mental health treatment. And lastly, copenotes.com. We love getting positive messages right to our phones every day from Johnny Crowder. He's the lead singer of Prison, a heavy metal band sharing their music about suicide prevention, addiction recovery, and mental health. See, that was painless. Support them as they support us. Back to the show. We talk about serious subjects. I did three this week already where I'm like, oh my God, I can't wait to get Christina on. Oh, <laughs> but I, I literally put drops on my finger and then I smear it on my upper lip because I want to, and I put it on my pillow because I want to yeah. keep smelling it. And I have a diffuser and you can get a whole kit of them from Amazon. Like you said, for, I don't know, like 1599. Yeah. And diffusers are great. And you can set that to run all night long if you want. I mean, it's, they're fantastic. And they're not a fire hazard because once the no, water's yeah. gone, then it just shuts off. Yep. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. And you know, it's, it, they're natural oils, so you're not going to disturb your pets or, you know, exactly. like that by having that's why, that's why we use the therapeutic grade essential oil. Exactly. So there's nothing in it, which is a little different than using, for example, a candle or something else. That's why I really recommend the essential oils and mm -hmm. you can actually get them or do it yourself, but you can put them in a roller ball so that you can carry it with you. Even as a rollerball, you don't have to worry about it spilling out somewhere. I have them, I have little bottles everywhere. In fact, oh. if I look to, on my desk right now, I have a cedar cypress, which is great for focus, and frankincense, which is soothing, and then probably a couple of others, and that's within arm's reach. What's the one that smells like stinky, rhino's feet um but it's supposed to be really good for you <laughs> spiritually so i don't know but, 
there's a frame, something my my the spiritual healer I work with she makes one and I had Melanie Van her program director smell it Melanie goes oh you should warn me <laughs> I said I put it on the bottom of my feet before I go to bed and every time I have these trippy dreams <laughs> well so that's the other thing because not everyone has the same association I love lemongrass I think that's a great me smell. Too. But I have had people, want, because I have a collection of them in my office, so if they come in for coaching and I say, here, this is an oh. option, and I, so I'll let them try them. And several people have opened the lemongrass and said, ah, this smells like poop. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> right. Then don't pick lemongrass, right? There you go. No problem. There's another, you know what, you can use music too. Any sensory thing will work. And I'll tell you a little trick that I use with music to alter mood. This is gonna sound very scientific. If you're in, and here's the setup, if you're in, let's say a really depressed mood, if you've ever had a breakup in your life or something's gone wrong in your relationship and you're driving and you start hearing something on the radio like, let's be happy, what do you wanna do? Sometimes throw up, sometimes be really happy. <laughs> usually you just want to turn it off. Maybe you even right. swear at the radio. You're like, I am not in the mood for this right now. Right. <laughs> or if you're really angry or frustrated and someone puts on a soothing song, mm -hmm. same thing. You're just like, get that crap off right now. See, right. I'm managing to not use any inappropriate language. I'm pretty proud of myself. So <laughs> what can I tell you? So, I should right, because about that's me. That's one of the things that we do, right? We, we know that we've all had that experience of I am so not in the mood for that right now. Okay. But what we can do instead is create a playlist that takes us basically one standard deviation away from the feeling that we're trying to shift. So when you think about I'm really sad and happy songs, that's what I would call more than two standard deviations away. It's too discrepant. We can't tolerate it. It's just a sensory overload. Same thing if we're angry and it's a quiet song. So we want to create a song list that takes us from the feeling that we're at, let's say sad, and slowly brings us up again, more towards that neutral, sort of the mm. one standard deviation away. So we're in more that middle zone. And then we actually have a reduction in how much our limbic system is activated. Interesting. Works fabulously. Interesting. And so for a lot of people, you're just going through the motions in life and you are on autopilot and you don't even think to stop and think about your self-care. Exactly. Exactly. And that's why, in fact, not only do you not think about it, but even if you do think about it, then you might be saying, oh, I can't. And then you've got a really long list of the reasons. There's not enough time. We hear the most. There right. is always time because literally the things that I'm talking about generally take less than three minutes. Yeah, I know. What is that with, you know, humankind that we, that it, this is so hard? We get so stuck. And I think so often one of the things that happens is that we believe somehow deep down that we're not good enough or we're not worth it or we don't deserve it. 
right. or conversely that everybody else is more important and it's only after everybody and everything else that it would be appropriate for us to then take care of ourselves almost as if we would be selfish or conceited if yes. we took care of ourselves and that is such a myth there is nothing conceited about saying hey i need to make sure that i can sort of run on all cylinders that <laughs> is sensible that is not conceited or selfish i know i actually told someone that i i can't do a situation that they wanted to do because it i realized this isn't going to be healthy for me to do this it wasn't like a, i'm going to die thing but just it was just enough not healthy for me too much stress and anxiety and then i felt guilty about talking about something that i did that was really nice for myself and i thought what and telling them about it and i was like what on earth is wrong with you and thinking oh my gosh, they probably think I'm so selfish now because I just said I didn't want to do that thing, but here I'm doing this. <laughs> so, right. So using perspective right there, whether or not they think you're selfish, which they probably don't, but even if they did, you don't need to take that on. That's about right. them because you're responsible for making those good decisions for you, not for them. So, what works for them does not necessarily work for you. So I think of things about, do we match up? Does what I need and you need match? If they do, fabulous. If they don't, that's perfectly okay. We don't have to match, but we do have to be willing to be responsible. So when we say, oh, okay, yep, sure, I'll do it. And then we have resentment or passive aggressive, or we really don't <laughs> want to, and we have a crappy attitude about it, that isn't helping anybody, right? It's better to say no and to be honest and authentic about what's okay for you and what isn't than to do something with sort of a rotten attitude and an unwilling heart. Right, and also there's this, and this runs rampant in my family, and um, I know many people that have this issue as well. I constantly have it in the forefront of my head, doing things for people that they did not even ask you to do and then getting resentful at them for the thing that you offered that they didn't even ask you to do. Exactly. Right? That's taking mind reading to a new level. Yeah. Well, here, but I did this for you. And I'm like, seriously, I, I didn't. I mean, thanks, but I didn't ask you to. Yeah. Yeah. Guilty. Right. There's sort of a, I tend to think of that as sort of a buying affection kind of yes. behavior. And we don't need to do that. We are worthy just as we are. We don't have to prove it or earn it. It's kind of amazing how things show up in your life, listeners, when you need to really love, get to another level. <laughs> here we have the show Women Who Lead, and I'm like, why am I doing, am I saying I'm a leader? And my, my co-host is like, why are you even asking that question? <laughs> how is that a question, really? I know, it's funny, but it's like, that's kind of, that's, I think, I'm not unique. A lot of people learn that way. The things show up in my life like they do for everybody when, and they're positive things. I actually did this. This is a good, be awesome self-care practice. If you grow up with a bunch of chaos and you learn that, you know, like I, I, I learned how to be a phenomenal chaos manager. 
And I carried that on, you know, created that or dove into chaos because Mm -hmm. that's just how I knew how to exist. And that's what ticked off my brain chemicals and whatever. And then I finally got to a space over a period of time, of course, where I finally said, you know, I can ask for something different. I'm a good manifester. I can say, you know what, from this point forward, I accept learning difficult things in peaceful, happy, joyous ways. How nice. (laughs) And the moment I did that, things like this show, this series that I'm doing with you, um, thing, you know, the moment that you make that choice in your life, things will show up as a reflection of that where you go, oh, okay, okay. And the trick then is to not bat them away, to receive them. Because it's great when you're a give, 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 giver, that's fine. But if you don't know how to receive, I, I told a friend of mine, every time I tell him something, it's, oh, I can't because of blah, blah, blah. Well, I want to do this, but I can't. Da, da, da. And I said, every time you do that, you're you're punching your gift right in the face. Like it just tried to show up for you and you just knocked it out. So stop, absolutely stop doing that. And you need to learn how to receive. Yeah, you need to learn how to receive and you also need to learn how to ask. So yes. I call it as ask and accept. Because I like that, you know, I'm really big on acronyms. So (laughs) anytime that I can pull things together, I do that because it's just easier to remember. And I want us all to remember and practice these things. But we do, we have to be able to take things in and say, wow, instead of doubting, oh, am I actually worth this? You know, that's that whole imposter syndrome. And that everybody has that to some degree. People think, oh, this is, you know, such an unusual thing. It's not. Everybody has that. Everybody has self-doubt. And that's perfectly okay. You just don't need to let that overwhelm you. And instead you can say, oh, well, you know, I'm also willing to check out a different way. Yes. And it's really nice when you get to a a space, I call it um, beyond confidence. And I'm just trying this out now because I thought of this last night as I was putting the lavender on my lip and nicely falling asleep to soft music. Um, I just said, I won't say it because my Alexa will actually turn on to the music I say. So I won't do that. But, you know, I ask for some nice music. But um, I was thinking, what is beyond being confident? Because confident can be associated with arrogance and so on. It's sad that that word has uh, people can take that, you know, a way that it isn't intended to be. But what would be, you know, beyond that word when you just know, like there's a knowing that you and a peace and um, an sort of an involvement. So I've been thinking about what that word would be where. I have a meeting, for an example, I had a meeting, and this is an organization that I jumped through so many hoops to be a part of. I mean, many, 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 many hoops to be a part of, and they are wonderful. But we've grown so much since I first started working with them. And I sat back and I thought, well, I need to reevaluate this relationship because I can't keep operating at the same level with this place anymore because it's too expensive. I don't need content that I used to need, you know, blah, 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 blah. Things have changed. We're a network now. And so I asked for a call with them and we talked and I just, it was so odd. I wasn't in that place where I was when I was building this thing. 
mm-hmm. kind of desperate. Is this going to work? I'll interview anybody, <laughs> you know, and, but not that, not that I'm putting anything down, but just like, I'm not in that place anymore. I don't have to be a part of this anymore. And they were wonderful. They were like, oh my gosh, we have totally overlooked you. You're right. We do need to reevaluate. Please don't go anywhere. But it, how I felt during it wasn't cocky. It wasn't imposter syndrome. I just felt totally and completely confident, even beyond the word confidence. Does that make sense? It does. I think about that as comfortable clarity. Ooh, I like it. Comfortable clarity. Right. Because you're just standing in who you are. Yeah. And you're comfortable with that. And it has nothing to do with perfection. And you know that things will go right and things won't go right. But you have clarity. You are literally in that moment owning your strengths and feeling perfectly okay about who you are. And most importantly, I think who you are as a human being who has the right and the responsibility to be clear about their needs and their wants. It doesn't mean that they're met, but clear about what they are. Yeah, it's really nice when you do get to that place where you're like, I know that I'm a good person. I accept my flaws and I also accept the great things about myself, and I'm really comfortable in my skin. I'm very present in my skin. That would I. That's what I would call being awesome. <laughs> exactly. So thank you for bringing us back there because I was just about to ask you. So out of 100, <laughs> what's your number, Kristen? Oh, gosh. Okay. I couldn't even answer that before. The first, I'll say the first number that came to mind, 80. I knew that you were going to say 80. Somehow it was really? ringing in my head. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Okay, so if you think about, could be Melanie, could be somebody else who knows you well, what would they say? Well, Melanie will always say something nice because that's Melanie. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's pretend that she was going to be radically honest with you. What would she say? Hmm. Probably 90. Yeah, probably, right? And pretty much nobody says 100. Like that just doesn't, because we're always talking about growth and things like that. Right. Right. So here's the conversation that I was having with the people I interviewed. What do you imagine is the difference where what explains the discrepancy between your 80 and Melanie's 90? Good question. I don't know. I had to ponder that one. You explain the difference. (laughs) So I I want, yeah, exactly. Right. I want you to think about that for you because that's going to matter and we won't necessarily get to that. And listeners, you're on this with me. So think about it this week too. I want to hear from listeners too. I want to hear what people see. I want people to try this to say, where am I? What does someone else think about me? And probably you've heard that because many of us have someone in our life who we say, Oh, I'm not that good at this. And they say, no, you're not. You're awesome. You're fabulous. And then we roll our eyes and think, Oh, that's not true. The reason that we tend to give, as far as I can tell that we tend to give ourselves lower numbers is because the the phrase I heard most often was, well, but the other person doesn't really know what's going on in my head. They don't really know everything about me. It's a version of imposter syndrome, so to speak, Mm. where we're thinking, oh, but if they really knew all the little ins and outs of who I am, then 
it, they would come with a lower number. In fact, maybe their number would be even lower than mine. And then we go down the rabbit hole of questioning and questioning, where in reality, the people who care about us and who care enough to be honest with us see us much more clearly and objectively than we do. It's not that they don't see our flaws or our mistakes. It's that they accept that that's a part of the whole and they still, as a whole, see us as that awesome. <laughs> yes, yes. And I I, <laughs> I know that. I know that I left my therapist fatigued today. <laughs> I'm meaning she was fatigued. And <laughs> I knew that though you meant. <laughs> And, uh, you know, that's okay because, right, they see the whole. Um, yeah, that's a great thing. So what about you, Dr. Hallett? What, where would you put yourself on the scale today? It, to, right this second? I feel like a 90-something. I, I want to say 95. That's nice. I, I am really happy with who I am. Now, 95, that does not mean that I'm sort of at a 95% competency in everything I do. It's just <laughs> my overall, my rating of awesome. And I, I think what other people would say would be in the 90s somewhere, because I am very willing to own my flaws and my mistakes and the things that I do that are quirky and they're just me. And that's really okay, because for me, Really being awesome is accepting what we sometimes call our shadow side. And instead of trying to hide from it, say, yeah, like that's that's part of me. Absolutely. You know, and so is all this other good stuff. I'm a complete person. I'm not just a half a person trying to hide the other part of me. Um, I'm who I am. Very true. Very true. Okay. So listeners, I want you to, you know, go to Dr. Hallett's website, but just so you get to know her. Um, she's now listed as a co-host on our site and she is a board certified specialist in clinical psychology. And then this long list of all these additional things that I won't read, but also an executive coach and um, written two international bestsellers, which we've talked about on this show. I clearly need to read the own best friend. <laughs> so I did read Be Awesome, but I, I need to read the other one. So I will do that, which you can get on Amazon and where would they find you on the web? They can go to drchristinahallett.org and it's Christina with a K. So K-R-I-S-T-I-N-A Hallett, H-A-L-L-E-T-T.org. Because she spells her name the right way. Exactly. <laughs> That's why we're so okay. <laughs> when I go looking for your emails, Kristen, mine come up too because we're I know. Exactly the same, except I have the A. It's the only way people can tell us apart. I did that today. <laughs> <laughs> I did that today. Well, this is going to be an awesome series. I'm very obviously you know, using it, you know. Um, and let's. We're going to have great guests. This is the cool part about this, listeners. We're going to have awesome guests coming on to talk about this. And I mean, the world needs more happiness and more ways that you can feel good about yourself. If we don't do this, there's not much hope. So that's why this is important. This is important for me personally and professionally. And you know how I am. I'll just share whatever I think, you know, is working for me with all of you. And you all email and let me know, you know, what's going on with you anyway. So join us on this journey, figuring out what Be Awesome means for you.
Absolutely. So, yeah. Dr. Hallett, thank you again for coming on. Oh, my pleasure. I love doing this with you, Kristen, and we'll be <laughs> setting up another one soon. Absolutely. Thanks, listeners. Without good intentions, I heat up and act on my emotions. Thanks so much for listening to Mental Health News Radio. Our podcast can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, and hundreds of other podcast apps. Or you can visit our website at mentalhealthnewsradio.com. If you have a question or would like to be a guest, become a podcaster on our network, or join the amazing organizations that help keep us on the air, please email us at info at mhnrnetwork.com. Get ready for that special goodbye from our resident therapy dog, Miles, and a special thanks to Emily Sohn for letting us use her incredible song, Cordial, for our podcast music. Listen to the full song on SoundCloud at emily.sonne. Don't be surprised when I don't hate on you. After all we promised, we'd be cordial.